This is one of the strangest interviews in the history of human beings, and I applaud it. Welcome back. I'm Shane McClellan. I'm Lori Gum. And I'm Terry Carnation. And these are the Q Files. Today, we have a very special show with a very special guest. Legendary AM radio host, provocateur, world traveler, bon vivant, raconteur, owner of a great set of gams and a glorious VHS rental store. Philosopher and paramour of the paranormal, a god incarnate, and host of Dark Air, Terry Carnation. That was the single best introduction I have ever written for myself. <laughs> Perfect. We're, we're he, read it, he, he, he read it so well, didn't he? He read it so well. No, you, I, you, you elucidated on the bio that I gave Shane, and he did it magnificently. And uh, I appreciate, I appreciate, well, we live in an age that lacks descriptors. And um, I love being described. Well, you're nearly indescribable. Um, we're, we've been huge fans of your career for many years. Um, been following you like Thank benevolent you. stalkers. Um, mm. and you know, you're a, you're a, a, a worldwide household name with billions of fans, but just in case one of our listeners has been living under a rock or lost to the fairy realm, uh, could you introduce yourself to, uh, folks and let them know what they can expect in, uh, your new show? Certainly, Shane. Certainly, Laurie. Um, long-time listener, big fan of the Q-Files. Excellent to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we share much in common, a very similar worldview. And I will just say that uh, Terry Carnation, I, myself, being Terry Carnation, am the host of Dark Air, a paranormal call-in radio show uh, that has been on the air for at least 30 years, although the past three years I've taken off for personal reasons, for mental health reasons. Maybe more on that later, but not too much more on that. <laughs> uh, it's very painful. But that being said, my show, like yours, is about so much more. It's about life. It's about connection. It's about bringing people together. It's about having a shared mystery. Oh, absolutely. Um you, you really act with kind of like a, a therapist uh, on your show, uh, helping people through relationships and, and trauma. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's truly remarkable. Um, and, you know, I mean, kind of just getting you back on the air. Do you know what else is truly remarkable, Shane? What is that? Your hair is magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> well, Isn't I, it? It's the I best part say... of the show, I swear. I I have only listened to the show uh, previously and had never seen Shane's bouffant. It is it is luscious. It defies gravity. It's, I mean, it does. It, it does defy gravity. It is an unidentified flying object on your <laughs> attached to your head, <laughs> and as myself included, who has well, if I may say so myself, magnificent hair. You do. You have um, some very fine, is, luscious locks. Yeah, we were kind of hoping thing. maybe as a souvenir from the show, you might mail us just a little clipping of a lock of your hair just so we could uh, we could have it. Lori, I'll take that as a, as a sincere request, and I would love to honor it. And um, I will just say, however, if that lock of hair is going to be treasured personally, because I see them popping up on eBay all the time, 
and selling for three, four thousand dollars. Yes, it would be a treasure, and you know, at very least, we would hang on it until the value gets much, much higher. Oh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, since we have you here, the uh, godfather of strange, we thought we might ask you uh, a few questions, get your thoughts on some topics. Um, so it's generally accepted that uh, birds, like, much like the host of The View, are uh, robots. Uh, you know, they aren't real. And, uh, you know, are you aware of any other uh, robots passing themselves off as living creatures? Um, perhaps Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Interesting. He has been programmed for maximum podcast success. Um, <laughs> programmed to be a Mac for maximum broham mm -hmm. and um, let loose, set loose upon society. I think that Joe Rogan as a robot uh, fits the description perfectly. I was going to say Kim Jong Un. Oh, yes. Um, Pat Sajak. Oh, definitely. Mm hmm. Yeah, Charlie's no. Theron, most definitely. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I you mean, have an you have an eye for uh, you have an eye for catching them. It's like your robot dar. It's robot dar. It's exactly what it is. Yes, mm -hmm. it's just there's mm -hmm. little telltale signs. You watch. There's little, you know, in the Matrix when the cat runs by the doorway twice. There's little glitches in the Matrix with some of yeah. these people. Um, and I need to watch Rogan more carefully for that. Uh, Shane, what is your telltale sign that Rogan may in fact be an android? It's the, uh, gosh, it's it's the eyes and his ability to uh, consume uh, seriously vast amounts of the uh, marijuana. No, and I think the particularly programmed for success without any, you know, um, outside objective reason why it's a success. Uh, just proves um, that it, it's a it's a computer program. Mm, mm. Perhaps you know. Perhaps several million of those hundred million followers of his uh, have also been programmed, so to speak. Very possible. But anyhow, what's what's cooking on the Q files? What's fresh? <laughs> well, you know, what's fresh is we've really been starting to do, we interviewed an artist uh, uh, this week, and one of the things he paints is cryptids. So we wanted to ask you about cryptids. Um, you know, there's a, we, we see a lot of seasonal uh, concern that folkloric creatures like Santa and the Easter Bunny may actually be cryptids. What are your thoughts on that and others like Bell Snickel? Hmm. Interesting. Bellsnickel. Um, hmm. Well, uh, cryptids, uh, should be disencrypted. Um, uh, indeed. I, I don't know what to say. There, there's nothing cryptic about cryptids. Uh, they're absolutely real. I mean, from the Loch Ness monster to the, uh, uh, Chupacabra, um, the list goes mm -hmm. on and on. Um, of course, there are species as yet unidentified who do not want to be identified. Yep. <laughs> it wouldn't be Mother Nature if it wasn't this way. Um, uh, skeptics can just kiss my enormous white ass. <laughs> we feel we have that sentiment. As a matter of fact, we were going to use that as a logo for our show uh, at the very beginning. So uh, mm. we might have to rethink that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Any thoughts on the skunk ape? Shane, that is totally you're you're all about cryptids. You know, give us your uh, opinion yeah. of that. No, I mean the the skunk ape seems like um, kind of you know implausible. I, you know, what are uh, uh, skunks and apes uh, doing mating? You know. Mm, good point. Good point. But stranger things have happened. I've it's seen. True. I think I've I've seen stranger on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> valid. Very valid. And probably out there somewhere on some strange channel, porn hub or something like that, skunk hub, you'll see a skunk and an ape in fornication. You know, I'm actually sure that's probably on Pornhub too. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I guess on the so, topic of on cryptids, uh, you know, we've been diligently searching for some of the uh, smaller ones. Um, have you ever come across or heard stories um, that you could share about like elves or anything? Oh, well, I don't like to discuss elves. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yes, I, I've had some, I had some personal interaction with elves that has left me scarred, a little bit traumatized. Um, it's like if you're if you've been mugged in Times Square, you don't want to walk through Times Square. You you skirt it, and um, I don't want to go into it, but. Elves are devilish, nasty little creatures, and they 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 they're very handsy. Um, yeah, but their hands are are largely fingers. Their fingers are so very long. They're they're just they're fingery. I was mm. fingered by an elf. That's that's alarming. Oh, there I said I'm, it. I'm, I'm sorry to hear Good you. Good golly, gone through that. And you know, it, it would really call for uh, the necessity of you know, uh, elf recovery groups that, you know, just, Mm. just, I'm sure you're not the only one that's experienced this. So, you know, you could really be a a role model and a poster child for, you know, uh, elf abuse recovery. Mm. That is an excellent point. And and maybe that's something I need to seek. There's obviously more healing yet to be done. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. This is one of the strangest interviews in the history of human beings and i applaud it well i i sincerely appreciate it we sincerely appreciate that coming from um you um definitely yeah i mean you did this before we you're you're the you you are the the height to which we aspire um you know you really are and it's it's beyond an honor to have you here with us and to say that i mean that's probably shane i don't know that might have been the biggest compliment we've ever gotten i I think it probably very likely is uh let me put this in context this will shift your perspective (laughs) i had an intern (laughs) when i first began little artie bell artie get me some coffee Um, oh no coffee tonight artie sanka (laughs) i don't know if that if that shifts things around for you, puts a puts a timetable in perspective. It sure does. Makes things a little clear. Yeah, we're getting more of the whole story. That's exactly mm. right. So, you know, tell us and our listeners, I know our listeners are going to want to know this. Um, <clears throat> what was like your first paranormal experience that, you know, that led you down this trail to investing the, in, in investigating uh, the high strange and, and talking about the high strange? High strange. <laughs> That's High our broad strange. term for everything—an expanded notion of paranormal. 
I love I love that phrase. I'm just I'm savoring it like a fine wine. High strange. <laughs> um well ever since I was young, um uh the high strange has been happening to me, to young Terence. Um my mother, when I was an infant, saw me floating above my crib. Oh. Wow. Yes. It might have been squirrels, but um, uh, there you have it. I remember as a child specifically making myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, setting it on the counter, turning around, turning back, and yes, the sandwich was gone. Fascinating. Now, could it be that I forgot and that I accidentally ate it? Or mm, I don't know. Uncle, or, or that my uncle Douglas snuck in and ate it when I wasn't looking. It's possible. It's possible. But high strange, nonetheless. The list yeah, goes no on. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Especially the peanut butter sandwich. That's not the first time we've heard of things like that happening with a peanut butter sandwich. Mm. I think it's a very, um, it's really an area of paranormal uh, the peanut, you know, butter sandwich snatchings. Um, I think it's a really under investigated part of the paranormal world. Mm. And perhaps sandwiches in general. I don't know if that also applies to like burritos or chimichangas. It's a good point. That's Great good point. point. Yeah, it could be. You know, that brings us to the thought. It could be, a, you know, a very global phenomenon. Um, so we have peanut butter sandwiches in the United States, but yes, yeah, they may be. Listeners, you know, listeners out there. Uh, from whatever culture you may be, uh, let's talk about food snatchings. Please send your comments into the Q files. Uh, you could CC me, Terry Carnation. I can be reached at my, at my website, terrycarnation.com. Um, and we'd love to hear about food snatching wherever you may be. If you're in India, perhaps it's samosas. You know, if it's, um, you if it's Argentina, it could be empanadas. You know, if it's Mongolia, it could be Mongolian beef. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We'd love to hear from um, you. And, you know, and I, there, there's always a well-known, like, um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, Christmas desserts in particular have been known to get snatched. So mm. there's even a seasonal component to these snatchings. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think we're on to something. And I think the three of us here, really the first, you know, people that have had the courage to, to talk about food snatchings. Indeed. Indeed. Terry, do you have any um, possible examples from your show, any stories that you can share or um, kind of maybe even highlights um, of what folks might be getting into? I do. I do. Is it possible for me to share a call uh, from the Terry Carnation show? Yeah, no, that'd be perfect. Let me see. I've got... um... Yes, I've got a call from uh, a lonely alien, uh, a call from a a woman whose uh, boyfriend is a werewolf. Um, I've got a call from a a gentleman who believes that the horn section of Chicago were a secret uh, squad of hitmen. Um, I've got a call from- You know what, Terry, hang on. I'll tell you what, we've heard that. We've heard that about Chicago. We have heard that ourselves. Um, Really? Well, would you like Mm -hmm. to hear the call and see if it corroborates your theory? Yeah, that'd be perfect. Okay, here we are. 
All right, let's listen to this call. This is a real live call that came into the Dark Air with Terry Carnation not long ago, and it's a fascinating, fascinating story. Next up, we've got Joe Ballard. Oh, thank you, Terry. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, I wanted to talk to you about something. Have you heard that podcast about uh, the Scorpions possibly uh, being CIA agents? Have you heard that podcast, Terry? <laughs> Podcast? No, I'm not 23, okay? I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> well, if, if I may, uh, they're fantastic. You can get a lot of information. This Scorpion one is a good example of that. I had no idea that these guys were going around the world uh, being agents for the United States of America to try to get country. Wait, are, you, are you speaking about actual Scorpions? No, I'm talking about the band Scorpions. Okay. What's your question, or what's your point, well, uh, Mr. Ballard? The fact that you haven't heard about this concerns me, because there is... From what I understand, a lot of musicians were doing this, certainly back in the 60s and the 70s, and one in particular that I'm aware of is that band Chicago. Hmm. There's seven guys in that band, so you know that a bunch of them are up to no good when the uh, the other guys are up on stage and the horn section goes off stage for a little while. I I think they're back there doing some, uh, some business. And I think it's time that somebody talks about it. You don't seem to be wanting to talk about uh, these rock and roll bands that are trying to be in cahoots with the government. Wait, you're saying that the horn section from the band Chicago, when they were not playing on stage, were backstage in cahoots with the government doing something nefarious? That's exactly what I'm saying. Do you remember in the 80s when Chicago went into that kind of soft rock era mm-hmm. where they weren't using the horns anymore? That's right. Well, the horns got a little, they were a little uh, restless. They had a lot of time on their hands while they're doing those, those uh, you're the inspiration and uh, hard to say I'm sorry. Well, the bands out there were doing those songs. The horns got nothing to do. So the, the, the trombone, the trumpet, and the saxophone, they would go off stage and they would be doing some wheeling and dealing uh, to try to get uh, uh, Russian spies into the country. Well, could they be in the green room eating saltines? Well, or? Well, I think if they're in the green room, all they're doing is loading up their guns because I think they're going to go out and murder. I think they're assassins. I think they're trained assassins. You ever see the precision of a horn player? That's precise. You've got to get the precision of that trombone going in and out. That, that's, that's precision. That's, that guy can be up on some sort of a grassy knoll taking somebody out from two, three hundred yards. Do you believe that there are other horn sections that were also trained assassins? Absolutely. Herb, Herb Alpert, he started A&M Records, and I'll be goddamned if he couldn't hit a, the, the side of a barn with a bullet. And there's no question James Brown had a, 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 his brass section was out there. They're all assassins, Terry, and you're blind to it. Let me ask you something, Terry. You remember 9-11? Yes, I do. I remember it very well. Right. Never forget, right? Well, everybody likes to blame those planes. Well, I got news for you. It was actually a marching band brass line. No doubt about it. Left over from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Ballard. We've seen the video of airplanes flying into right. the World Trade Centers. Right, to distract it from the brass line. The airplane's up high. Everybody's looking up at the sky at the airplane, hitting the building. Down low, you got a brass line going right into the building. That knocks that thing down. And this is something that nobody likes to talk about. The night before in Jersey City, you're never going to guess who was playing there. Tower of Power. You've never heard horns like the Tower of Power going down a New York street right into a building. That's power. Into a tower. Well, this is this is fascinating. Uh, Joe Ballard, thank you so much for your call. And Earth, wind, and ready, aim, fire. How's that grab you, Carnation? Earth, wind, and fire. Thank you. <laughs> With that, we'll go to a commercial break. Joe Ballard, peace out. Do you, do you think it. it was a musician who killed Kennedy? Shane, much like yourself, I try and stay open to all possibilities. Uh, I'm not a skeptic. I am open-minded. Um, I do not know. The jury is out. JFK assassination, well, you and I, we could sit here for 
several months discussing right, the various right. possibilities. Uh, could it have been a musician? This is a new wrinkle that Joe Ballard has brought to us, a new possibility. We would have to check what bands were on tour in 1963 in Dallas at that time. And yeah. uh, that's not a rabbit hole that I have scampered down previously. Understandable. No, but you're right. The facts are there. We can check. And, you know, going back to Chicago, the version I heard, and this is from a pretty reliable source, um, is that it was Peter Cetera that was actually an alien working with the men in black. Um, is, is what I heard about Chicago and especially it's talking about that soft rock sort of thing happening. That was really to sort of, you know, just numb us and, you know, to prepare us for, you know, this combination of, of alien and government sort of military rule. So again, the jury's out on that too. We just have I to be open-minded that. and yeah. And gather the facts and, uh, present them to our listeners the best we can. That's all we do. We just discuss the facts. We just lay them out on the table. And everyone is, it's up to them to make up their own minds. Um, I'm just, I'm impressed with uh, the respect you give your listeners. I'm a, you know, I'm in, impressed with your open mind because there are not a lot of venues where someone like this gentleman can call and, and uh, you know, have his voice be heard. That's right. And we're all about voices being heard, even in the big strange. What did you call it? The grand strange. The the big the, weird. The high. The high. Oh, I like big weird, but uh, it is the high strange. The high strange. How could I forget it? I repeated it to myself like seventeen <laughs> times. The high strange, of course. <laughs> oh goodness, goodness. Well, oh, listen, wow. you two, you are delightful. And this has been such an honor. Um, thank you very much for uh, taking an interest in Dark Air and in me, Terry Carnation, its host. And uh, I hope you will be downloading my new radio show. Um, Absolutely. Some people have called it a podcast. I don't know what that is. A podcast is like when you record, like in the 70s, Laura, you remember, we would record AM radio onto a cassette deck and then... Yep. Listen back to it later on. That's kind of podcast is essentially. Yep. Yep. So how can our listeners find Dark Air? Wherever fine podcasts are sold okay. or presented, be it Apple, be it Spotify, um, they can go there and hit follow or subscribe or whatever button they wish to. And week by week, starting on April 1st, they will be ushered forth into the world. They will be birthed. We can't Perfect. wait. We can't wait. Uh, what an honor. Thank you for having me on the Q Files. And uh, much love to you and to your wonderful listeners. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. This show was created and produced by me, Shane McClelland, and Lori Gum. Until next time, friends. Be weird. Stay curious. These are the Q Files. And hey, don't forget to check out Terry Carnation's new show, Dark Air. Available April 1st, wherever fine podcasts are sold. And, and don't forget about that lock of hair, Terry. That's right, Lori. That's right. Send me, send me your address. <laughs>